Welcome to Alphabet Soup, a podcast where we're going to work our way through a wide variety of biblical topics using the alphabet. Our goal, of course, is to understand the Bible better, but we also want to find ways in which Scripture applies to our daily lives. So with that intro, let's get to it. Welcome to Z is for Zionism. We've come to the end of the alphabet. This is our second time through the alphabet. 26 letters in the alphabet, two times through. That ought to be a year. However, it's been a little longer than a year because there were some weeks when either I was sick or I think there was a month when we moved from Oregon to uh, here in Arizona. And it took me that long to get things physically set up again. But we've been through the alphabet twice. And frankly, I've enjoyed it for a variety of reasons. Among others, we get to do all kinds of things. Because we pick whatever we, because I pick whatever I want from the alphabet, we've done theology, we've done biblical characters, last week we did geography, Um, this week we're doing current events, Zionism. Have no idea when you're listening to this, it might be years from the date of my recording, but here in December of 2023, Zionism as a topic is all over the news as a result of... On November 7th, Hamas launched a horrible, just a horrific attack. And as as more and more details come out about that attack on the 7th of November, um, it just gets worse. It's just horrible. As a result, Israel responded with an attack on Hamas as they exist uh, in Gaza. And that too has been horrific. Uh, the the civilian deaths, the women and children, the hospitals, and so forth. This is going to be debated for decades after this. Uh, what went wrong and how should it have been done and all the rest of it. However, we're Christians, huh? And our goal is to look at everything in life through a biblical lens. That's why in this episode of Alphabet Soup, we're going to take a look at Zionism. I hope by the time we get to the end of this episode, parts A and B, I'm committed to not go in to C this time, um, we're going to understand what's going on from a biblical perspective, and I'm going to ask you the question, are you a Zionist? Let's start then by uh, exploring what the word means by doing some definition stuff. Before we do that, I've got to say, nobody learns as much in these episodes as I do, as I do my prep. Uh, frankly, I learned a ton about Zionism and anti-Semitism. I thought I knew what that was. Uh, let's see if, if you learn a fraction of what I've got, because I went uh, and, and researched the word Zionism and what it meant. And I read it on Wikipedia, obviously, because everybody does. I also, do you know JDL, the Jewish Defense League? It is an international organization that exists um, for the sake of Israel uh, and, and to fight against anti-Semitism and against anti-Zionism. And uh, I, I read a lot of stuff on their page, ADL's page. Uh, interesting. I've just learned a ton. And what I've learned is that in the late 1800s, there was a guy by the name of Theodore Herzl. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. He was born in 1860 and died in 1904. So um, the second half of the 19th century, he was an Austrian Jewish journalist, which means he had a platform. Apparently he was pretty famous just as a journalist, um, but he was also Jewish and deeply committed to Judaism and founded 
what he called what came to be known as the Zionist Organization. The goal of uh, Theodore Herzl and of the Zionist Organization was to form a Jewish state, a Jewish nation. He had two reasons that motivated him to do that. The first was that in the late 1800s, he saw growing anti-Semitism in Europe and in Russia. Anti, uh, if, if you're Jewish, you were persecuted by virtue of being Jewish. That was true where he lived in Austria. It was also true in Russia, uh, two places, Eastern Europe and Russia, where there were large Jewish populations and growing persecution of Jews for the sake of their uh, being Jewish. The other thing that motivated Herzl was what we'll call cultural assimilation. The Jews at that point lived all over the world, United States, Russia, Europe, uh, they were all over. And he could see, others could see, but, but especially Herzl could see that they were being assimilated into the culture where they lived. They were losing their ability to speak Hebrew. They were uh, no longer practicing, um, observing Jewish holy days, holidays. Uh, they were eating the diet, everything. They were becoming like the culture in which they lived. And that bothered Herzl, and he said, we've, we've got to stop this. He thought the best way to protect Jews from anti-Semitism and to counter this assimilation into other cultures was to create a nation, a state of Israel. Um, where are we going to do that? The logical place to do that is to create a state on Israel's historic land, Eretz Israel, Eretz, the land of Israel, Eretz Yisrael, the land given to Israel by God in the Old Testament under the Mosaic law. That was his dream. How that would happen, Herzl had no idea, but, but he wanted to raise awareness of these, these parallel problems, anti-Semitism and assimilation, cultural assimilation. And, and thus he said, we've got to establish a Jewish state. The logical place to do that is in Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, the historical Old Testament home of the nation, the Old Testament nation of Israel. For religious Jews, that is a divine right. God gave them that land. That is our land. We need to occupy it. We need to take it back as ours, as it was in the Old Testament. For non-religious Jews, it's pragmatic. Why not there? Can you think of any place better? Uh, it just makes sense. The problem is, of course, that that land in, the, in, the, in Herzl's lifetime is occupied by the Palestinians. Who are the Palestinians? And so in, in the last, oh, probably even five years, they've done studies using modern genetics. We can do stuff 23andMe, right? Um, Ancestry.com. And they've gone into uh, Israel and and uh, the Palestinian areas and done genetic studies of the Palestinians and discovered, contrary to, uh, contrary to, to theories prior to, they now understand that the Palestinians are descendants of the Canaanites in the Old Testament. 
when Joshua led Israel into the land of Canaan, it, it wasn't a big vacancy sign flashing there. It was full of Canaanites. Uh, in fact, last week, uh, when we talked about Jerusalem, we talked about the Jebusites, huh? the Hittites, the Philistines, the Amorites, and so forth. All of these were Canaanite peoples. They were genetically linked, uh, and they were separate little nation states in this land. And God told Israel, when you go in, you're to wipe them out, every man, woman, and child. We've talked in the past about how that was not an unjust command from God. We're not going to go there again. You've got to go back and listen. But it, it was not the horrible thing, the horrible instruction that too many people think it was. God told him to do something that was just, and that was to wipe out the Canaanites. They did not. If you read the early chapters of the book of Joshua, it will tell you that they win went in and did not fulfill that command of God. Instead, they lived alongside the Canaanites who were a problem from day one. God said, if you don't wipe them out, they're going to suck you into their culture, speaking of assimilation, and you will begin to worship their gods and there will be intermarriage and and there's going to be trouble. And that's in fact exactly what happened. So, in Herzl's day, in the 1800s, this land is occupied by the Palestinians who we now know are in fact genetic descendants of the Canaanites in the Old Testament. They are surrounded by, on the east, the nation of Jordan. On the northeast, Syria. To the north, Lebanon. Obviously to the west, the Mediterranean Sea. <clears throat> and to the southwest, Egypt, in the middle of this, of these nations, uh, what, uh, four nations, uh, is the land of Palestine, which, uh, by the way, that, that uh, derives from the word Philistine. I uh, don't have time to go there now. And that is where uh, Herzl wants to see a state of Israel. Now we're going to come out of the, the 19th century into the 20th century, and by 1939, World War II breaks out. Um, World War II brings unprecedented uh, anti-Semitism, the Third Reich, the Holocaust. But the same thing is going on in Russia. There is uh, de jure, there is by law, anti-Semitism in Germany and, and as the Third Reich spreads in Europe, and also in Russia. And so Herzl, who's at this point long dead, um, but, but what he could see coming and what he saw as a preventative, a solution, is more relevant than ever. Uh, they need a place where they can live and have a Jewish culture and safety. They need a nation state. They need to be a nation with a land. At the end of World War II, the United Nations is set up. The League of Nations out of World War I is dissolved almost overnight, and the United Nations is set up, and the United Nations realizes the horrible things that have been done to the Jews during World War II, and, although I'm sure they didn't cite him, agree with Herzl and say, we've got to give Israel a place to live. We've, they've got to be a nation of their own with a land of their own. And the United Nations decides, we are going to carve out land that Israel can have as a nation state, the Jews can have as a nation state. They go back uh, to the um, Old Testament land. However, 
again, it's, it's not had a vacancy sign flashing all this time. There are Palestinians living there. What are we going to do? Pause. If you came to this podcast episode through the Facebook page, go back there. If you came to this podcast episode some other way, maybe a subscription, I don't know how you got there, please go to our Facebook page because on our page, Alphabet Soup, do a search, find Alphabet Soup. Below the link to this episode, I've put a map. I did the same thing last week with, a, with two maps of Jerusalem. This week, I have put a map of what the United Nations set up in 1947. When they, when they assigned this land to the nation Israel. you got to go look at that map. It's the craziest thing you ever saw. Who in the world thought this was going to work? It didn't work. It was never going to work, and they should have known better. This map shows you the outline of what they assigned to Israel, and within it, uh, within this land, the pockets that they said, now, these pockets are going to be for the Palestinians, because because we can't just pretend they don't exist, right? They live there. If we're going to take land away from them and give it to the Jews so that we can have a nation of Israel, we've got to give some place for these Palestinians to go to. And they created three clumps, uh, clump. They've, they created three areas of land for all the Palestinians to go to, which is to say all of them that didn't already live in one of those three areas had to walk away from their land, their homes, their fields, their olive groves, whatever, and go to one of these three places. In the southwest corner, Gaza. It's bigger than it is now. If, if, you're, if you've seen the maps that you'll see in newspapers and so forth now, it's bigger, but there are reasons for that. We'll get there, okay? In the southwest is Gaza. Way to the north, um, uh, just just south of Lebanon, way up at the border between uh, and Lebanon, is what's what was known as the Golan Heights, and it's called the Golan Heights because it's a hilly area. It, it's much higher than its surrounding area, and then smack dab in the middle, they just hit this blob and called it the West Bank. It's called that because it's to the west of the Jordan River. Um, it borders the Jordan River as it runs through the land of Israel. They just plopped it in the middle. So here are these three areas essentially separated from each other, and they told the Palestinians, here, you go live there. This is not going to work. Why? Because the Palestinians, the Arabs, who we call the Palestinians, do not get along with the Jews. That's not a surprise to anybody. That's been going on for millennia, that Arabs and Jews don't get along. Secondly, as I said, the Palestinians, uh, the vast majority of them, have been kicked off their land and it's been handed over to Israel. They're not in a good mood about that. So what do they do? All right, some of them uh, who already lived in Gaza, some of them moved to Gaza. Some of them already lived on the West Bank, others moved to the West Bank. Some of them already live in the Golan Heights, others go to live on the Golan Heights. However, a huge number of them fled. And where would they go? They would go to the east to live in Jordan with other Arabs who share their commitment to Islam. They would go to the north, to Syria, to the north and Lebanon, and to the southwest and Egypt. And guess what? 
those nations did not want these Palestinians. In fact, the relationship between the Palestinians and these surrounding nations had not been good heretofore. They had not, I'm not sure why, but these nations did not like Palestinians. Suddenly, they're invading their country. This is in some ways, in some ways, this is a parallel to what's going on now. We have, uh, okay, we've got border problems, huh? We have a very porous border on the south, uh, to the to the south where we border Mexico, and we've got people crossing the border um, illegally without documentation, and so that's not dissimilar from what was going on in 1947 when Palestinians are bailing out of their land because they don't want to live surrounded by and and essentially in many ways controlled by Jews. So they bail out into these foreign nations. These foreign nations don't want them. They view Palestinians as rabble-rousers. They, they see all sorts of social problems as a result of these new immigrants. This whole thing is a hot mess, but it is what it is. Okay, this works until it works, uh, in air quotes, huh? But, but this is the status of things um, with, with ever-increasing tension until the mid-1960s. And I think it was 1967 when, whisper, 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 uh, back room, what are we going to do here? These surrounding nations decide we don't like the Palestinians and, and they keep coming because the ones that stayed behind uh, discovered they don't like it, so they keep coming into our nations. We don't like that. B, we don't like Israel. We never have liked Israel. We're Arabs, they're Jews. We've never gotten along, never will get All of that to say that the surrounding nations decided that they were going to launch a coordinated attack against Israel. And they launched that. I don't remember the date. I don't even remember the month. I should because I was in high school at the time. Oh, I shouldn't have said that either because that dates me. Anyhow, they attacked, coordinated attacked Israel from all sides. The only side where they didn't attack was the Mediterranean Sea. North, east, and southwest, they attacked Israel. The war, the war did not go exactly like they planned. I don't know how it happened. And, and again, I was, I was witness to it. I should have paid more attention, but trust me, in my junior year in high school, I didn't know anything and wasn't paying attention to anything. Um, the, the war lasted for six days, count them, six days. And Israel, um, uh, I, I have to be careful here because I'm supposed to be a pastor, but, it, but Israel trounced them. They just trounced them. It was all over in six days. And Israel not only uh, kept the land that they were given, but they took land back. They, they took land that belonged to, to Jordan, to Syria, to uh, Lebanon, and to Egypt. They took some of their land. Don't mess with us. We're going to take care of this. The, the war lasted six days, and it, it went exactly the opposite of what those nations wanted. So that, that's why the Gaza Strip is now a strip and not what you see on that map. The West Bank is still the West Bank. The Golan Heights, the, the Jews of Israel, occupied the Golan Heights so that it's not pink, as it is on this map, huh? It's not pink anymore. It's blue. It might just as well be blue. Now, now the international community has got a problem here. What are we going to do? Are we going to... Um, except that Israel took land that didn't belong to them 
in that six-day war, and, and are we going to call it Israel, or are we going to deny the obvious and still call it Palestinian land? They can't figure it out. The United Nations still officially considers the Golan Heights part of the land given to the Palestinians, and they recognize the Gaza Strip as, and the West Bank as, but again, that's another, that's another episode. Uh, we, can't get, we can't go there now. So what have we got? We've done all of this to try to get to a definition of Zionism. Now, I'm going to give it to you. Zionism is, and here I'm quoting from the Anti-Defamation League website, Zionism is a concern for the continued existence of the state of Israel on its ancestral land and continued self-determination. That was Theodore Herzl's goal uh, with, his, um, with his organization, with the Zionist organization. To put them, his goal was to see the Jews on their ancestral land existing as a state and existing in self-determination. They decide all of their own affairs. They don't live in Germany or uh, France or Great Britain, or the United States, or Russia, and do what those countries tell them to do. They get to be their own people and have self-determination. That uh, was Herzl's goal in what he called Zionism, that they should have a land uh, that that was their own, that they should be a nation, and that they should have self-determination. And with all of that, Herzl said, is going to come safety and cultural preservation. The United Nations did that in 1947, did it very poorly, did it naively, and it was never going to work, but that's what they did, and they gave Israel that land so that Israel could be a nation state and have uh, self-determination. Can you, is that the right way to say that? You can have self-determination, you can, you can self, uh, whatever, oh, you understand. And as, as a side benefit, uh, there's no problem with assimilation. That's what Zionism is. Okay, what then is anti-Zionism? Anti-Zionism is opposing the continued existence of Israel on its ancestral land and continued self-determination. If those are the two goals of Zionism, anti-Zionism is opposing that. Who then is an anti-Zionist? And the answer is, it's going to certainly be the Palestinians. Uh, oh, goodness, there's lots to say here. And, and what we're going to do now, I think, is stop. This is a convenient stopping point. If I go any further, I'm committed, and this is going to be a, a one-part episode. We're going to stop now, and now we're going to move into anti-Zionism, and we're going to distinguish anti-Zionism from anti-Semitism because they are two separate things, and recognizing the distinction is important. So please join me. We're going to move on over to part number two. 